pros know getting the next job means doing this one right. Lowe's is here to help by stocking more of the brands you trust, like DeWalt, GAF, and Owens Corning. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $140 and get a four-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries for just $159. Plus, get 20% off in-stock GAF or Owens Corning shingles every day when you purchase by the pallet. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 6-9. Selection varies by location, U.S. only. Okay, this is Moses Allison, and you're listening to Radio 8-Ball with Andros Jones. Welcome to Radio 8-Ball. Give us a shake. We're between networks and we're tempting fate With Marvin Etzioni putting questions to the songs Which we will randomly select here With the help of our friend Synchronicity And now it's time for Radio 8 Ball Give us a shake Radio 8 Ball Give us a shake It's the Radio 8 Ball and welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions. I am your host, Andras Jones, and providing the oracle fodder for our musical divinations on this episode, we have the fabulous Marvin Etzioni. Hello. And throughout this episode, we're going to be joined by several of Marvin's illustrious collaborators, friends, and uh, compatriots. And one of those is someone who uh, I was pretty happy to see on Marvin's list, someone who I feel like I know intimately through social media, though I'm just really going to get to know him today. He is a DJ who's played some of my music on his show. He's a big Dodgers fan, an author, and a, and a scholar on... The Beatles, and he's here in the studio with us now, Mark Platt. Yes, I am here. You're also a musician in your own right as well. I didn't give, I, did, I buried the, I buried the lead there. That's okay. You're also an accomplished songwriter, and uh, I assume that that's how you and Marvin know each other. Marvin and I met 1985 through our good friend Peter Case. Oh yeah. And Marvin played on a couple of my benefits, I believe, back in the late 88 and 90 we did for AIDS Project LA benefit uh, Dylan Knight and we did a Beatles Night I think you did both uh, Beatles Night yeah Orphan Train did the Beatles Orphan Night Orphan Train yeah yep. so Orphan Train is uh, a band we never made an album but um, we did one recording we, we made an impact because we made, we made an impact go ahead yeah yeah because a couple of those songs that I believe uh, ended up on people's records like uh, Can't Cry Hard Enough Correct. Miss This World I believe is yeah. an Orphan Train song right. if I have a good memory right right wow so it's a set better than I did. Yeah, orphan. There's something because you also have the Holy Brothers. Something about right. I feel like the Holy Brothers would would like own the Orphan Train. Yeah, like, right. I assume they're like the, taking them someplace nice. The Orphan Train was pretty cool. Victoria yeah. Williams, the Williams brothers, mm-hmm. and the only non-Williams in the band was Marvin. Yeah, I should have changed my name to Hank. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hank Etzioni. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I like it. But Marvin was making great recordings back then too. He was a good solo artist, and is in his own right at that time. As well, he continues the, to, uh, appreciate that the the, the night of the uh, Beatle night, Orphan Trade. Like everybody was doing Beatles songs, and I remember there was a drum set, and I got to do the uh, 
Ringo drum solo for like 20 seconds. All right, so wait, you did the, you did the... From Abbey Road, you know. Boom, you did boom, the boom, end? Boom, boom. Yeah. Uh-huh. You did that whole, wait, so the band you were with no. did the whole... No, just no. the drum solo oh, you part, just did and then the drums... I stopped. Okay. <laughs> oh, by the way, if, I, re- very if I remember correctly on that no. night... <laughs> The replacements came down and ah. played uh, "Heart of Stone" by the Rolling Stones oh, yes. because they wanted to be yeah. contraire. Could be, yeah. yeah, to be very replacementsy. We had the Stray Cats on that night. Also, we had a, it was a really those were different times. But I got to tell you, the sense of community that Marvin and I were involved in was mm-hmm. ex- intense. And I mean, that was in a day and age of a lot of major label action, and like the Williams Brothers were off getting their deal. Peter had his deal with Geffen and like all these people had deals and stuff, but everyone seemed to manage to come together um, when something came up. By uh, just to help me with the timeline, by 85, you're saying this is like 84, 85? This is 88 around, 87, 88 around. That okay, way. okay, so I was trying, when was, when was the, when did the Plimsolls stop being? 85. Okay, so that's why I was confused. And then Peter 85. had a deal, he cut his first record with T-Bone. 86, 87, I was very fortunate to get to go down that. That's how I met Elvis Costello and got to hang out with him for a while. And then, I, you know, I met people like Marvin. And I just, you know, I was a 26, 27-year-old kid, like a kid in a candy store. And uh, got to hang out with a lot of people I admired and respected a lot. Yeah, we were talking about Peter earlier. Yeah, yeah. By there, the way, you and I have a history, too. There are so many things. Highland yeah. Grounds. Well, yeah. I was part of that whole thing in the early 90s, Mr. Jones and the previous... Uh, Julian's passing and a oh, whole yeah. bunch of bands and oh, people wow. that played at Highland. So I remember you from then too, Andras. You're like, killing I don't, me now. That's I have amazing. a memory like an elephant, dude. Oh, that's fantastic. That's mm-hmm. uh, wow. It's like it's. I feel like Tinkerbell. Like I exist. Like all of a sudden I exist. <laughs> you do exist. You, and your music is great. And and yeah, I'm. It's a pleasure for me to play it on my show. Well, I'll try and I'll try and keep the 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 swear words out in the next for the next single because I, that kept me off your show with the last one. Uh, I can, I appreciate it. I, you know, not everyone can have the freedom. Well, of dude, us. I, I, my we show's on, on my show's podcasts. on in like twelve stations in several different <laughs> countries. Like England has still has pretty strict guidelines when it comes to. Uh, some of the seven words. Yeah, but they can. But you can say the c word as much as you want. Not really. Not in a song on their radio. It's it's just like it's bizarre. Television. You they could won't be, play. How do you, you sleep? Could be naked. Will they play. How do you sleep on? Will they play? How do you sleep on the on the BBC? I don't know, but okay. I will tell you. I've been chewed out by some program directors <laughs> in England and in a couple of these countries where you know where I, where I tried to sneak a song through. <laughs> you know, not mine, but one of the you know yours or whoever. I've, I remember one day I was driving home from a meeting I was at, and I, I get a call from the PD in England just for like 10 minutes, just ragging on me. For a second, I thought you thought I'm at the police department, so the PD. Product, no, the, the, pro, program yeah, the program director. director from some station in England who's like, you can't say that. And of I'm course, like, he pro- but if you're getting But you can get naked on television on the BBC and they, you know. Well, because there's nothing dirty about the human body. As far as I'm concerned, they're only words, and you can say whatever you want. It's artistic freedom. But these guys are like, what are you thinking? I'm like, I'm not. I'm dragging and dropping it into an AirPlay folder and putting it on a show. (laughs) (laughs) That's about the amount of thinking that I did on it. Sorry. Uh, Well, uh, I do want to just address that uh, we know each other through social media, and... One of the things that I loved when Marvin suggested you were going to be here is, and I and I, I was telling Marvin this before, that we really 
went at it during the election. During mm-hmm. the primaries particularly, you know, we I was You're fully, big Bernie. I was fully team Bernie. You were fully team Hillary. And we we went at it. And I gotta tell you, I I I was very you know, I wasn't just it wasn't just on you. That was the way I was. And I lost some people who were like really close friends, people I've been friends with for twenty years. I lost a drummer. <laughs> yeah. I did. I lost my one of my drummers. I mean, think about that. <laughs> that way. Think about social media. I mean, going back to the last question that we had with the question of like, what a difference can you make by like welcoming people and how divisive that primary was? And it's we're still sort of feeling it. And uh, and it's it's not we both. I think I really do believe that it's important for people to participate passionately in these debates. I think it, I think that's what distinguishes the left maybe from the right is that we are a fractious bunch and we are willing to disagree and one of the things i just want to say about you that i really appreciate is that we went at each other hard without ever going at each other like we debated you know i i'm sure that if there were someone else on either end of it that particularly on the other end of what i was throwing your way probably there are people who would take it personally and one of the things i really appreciate about you is that you just stayed in the debate. Your tone was always, uh, there was a tone of loving, welcoming, acceptance while totally disagreeing. Like you would disagree, you didn't give me any quarter in the debate, but I never had a sense that you wrote me off as a human being. And I just think that's, uh, I wish that that weren't rare, but when I have people who are on the show who I've had that kind of interaction with, I really want to put that out there because I think it's possible. It's one of the things that I think is, uh, is really important, especially going forward, that we can have really, really intense debates and then also still just we'll love each other as human beings without even knowing each other. It's not like, I mean, I guess now I know that you knew my music, so now you're like, why is this guy from this band from the 80s giving me shit? No, you know, here's the thing, Andres. I really, I do appreciate everything. <clears throat> I was very, and I'll, I don't, we, I, we don't need to relitigate any of that. No, stuff. no, yeah. That's we okay. don't need to. But the point is, you know, looking back on hindsight, what we've been through this last year, you know, I would personally march Bernie right into the White House <laughs> and have been totally happy, you know, because his heart is always in the right place. And I got to meet him after the election, by the way. And um, and his wife, very nice people. You know, it's a, a matter for me of who do I always believe will be the best executive and person to do the job, despite the politics. You know what I mean? Who could be the, the best executive to actually govern and do things? So I kind of come through, I come through it in that area. So... I would stand by as far as, you know, personality and personal who these people are, you know, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Hillary Clinton, but I, you know, I'll stick by what I've always said. I felt that she would have been able to do that job better than anybody in the whole field as far as doing that job. And I'll stick by it now. But the more that comes out about everything, it's like they're not none of them are great people. Yeah. But yeah. you are, and Marvin is. <laughs> yeah, we're And your engineer people. is a great guy. Adam. Adam, Adam our engineer. Is you guys are great, and I love you guys. And that's, like, so that's great. I, I was actually thinking that we probably went around enough times that we could do that debate trick where I could, 
I'd ar- I know your point so well that I could argue your point right. perfectly. And you probably know my point so well that you could be the best Bernie debate, pro-Bernie debater if you needed to be, which you don't. I don't. Uh, but... Uh, and we we haven't even talked about the Beatles, but we should get to your question. Now we uh, and we, we I guess I'll say you are you were writing you have written a book about the Beatles, which among nineteen other pop ebooks too, by the way. Right. But that was the first one. That's the flagship book. Is the Beatles book? I'll just say one quick thing. We don't need to get into it. Really. Yeah. One about Marvin. No, not one about Marvin. We but Marvin's one. mentioned in one of the books, I believe. I will say this though about the Beatles and my Beatles book. It comes from a standpoint of what influenced the Beatles to write that catalog of all those amazing songs. It's written more for millennials because I want to make sure that future generations have a good understanding of where all this great music came from. And the fact that the Beatles were influenced by so many great forefathers before them, like Chuck Berry, mm-hmm. Buddy Holly, Smokey Robinson's a big one for John Lennon especially, and people like that. And my ebook really gets into that. I actually take examples of some of the Beatles songs and maybe a Smokey Robinson song, mash it together so you can kind of see where they came from, where some of these songs, like a song like Day Tripper, I always use this example, came from a Bobby Parker song called Watch Your Step and Oh Pretty Woman by Roy Orbison. And I put it together. I actually have music samples, videos, all kinds of things like that because it's an ebook. So if anyone wants to check it out, it's called How the Beatles Did It. How the Beatles... Be- By Mark Platt, M-A-R-C-P-L-A-T. Dot, 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 in the road. That's it. So that's <laughs> it. That's my shameless plug for the Beatles no, book. No, there's nothing... I don't believe in... There, no one should feel shame for their plugs. Marvin, you got some? What well, do you I was get? just going to say that um, many years ago, I drove to uh, Las Vegas... Uh, to see the keynote speaker of this event was Ahmed Erdogan, but also who was speaking was uh, uh, David Cassidy. And one of the things he talked about is his dinner with John Lennon. And uh, Cassidy looked at, at Lennon and said, who's your favorite singer? And according to Cassidy, he said at the same time, they both said, Smokey Robinson. <laughs> and that was the end of his speech. <laughs> sweet, <laughs> sweet. Well, that's for you Beatles scholars. Go, go back and... Test the test the tracks against each other. But now tracks it is your tears. time to engage the pop oracle, Mark. I, I have no doubt that you have a powerful and profound I, I do. I, I actually think I have a good question, and I'm going to base it on what I saw at the Golden Globes the other night. Okay. So I saw Oprah Winfrey give, I don't know if it, you want to call it a political speech or some... I just wonder, I want to ask the pop oracle if the pop oracle believes that we are doomed to a future of... You know, TV celebrities, um, personalities, reality show for, to govern our country and the world for the next hundred years, or the, at least the rest of Marvin's lifetime. <laughs> so I want to know if, if we're actually going to have governance happening in this country again, or we are going to ba- basically have a popularity contest for anybody that's on television, reality television, who has good ratings and a good brain and is a stable genius. Got it. Okay. Is that a good question? Yeah. Okay, good. Are we looking at the celebritification of the political process? Or will we ever... Is it? Is it? Is the question, will we have return to governing by professionals? Or is the question... Popularity contrast by uh, personalities. And so either or. Which television one, stars. Which are we going to have? Either or. Okay. And now to engage the pop oracle... 
Here, over Marvin. When, let me, I'll play the theme. Yeah, but give me a second. Let me play the theme for you. So now, to engage the pop oracle, you, Mark Platt, get to spin the wheel of eight. Na, 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 na. We love it. Song number seven. The Arms Race. That works. Okay, let's see. This is called The Arms Race. Two, three, four... is nothing but a ship on dry land He needs more than a mirage on the hot desert sand She bring rain to a world on fire Women in love She'd think with her heart and she'd talk with her eyes. She wait for the dark, for the water to rise. She bring rain to a world on fire. Women in love. the arms race the arms race It may be a man's man's world 
arms race the arms race From Marvin Etzioni, the answer to Mark Platt's question, will we ever return to a time of being governed by professionals or are we in for the, uh, the just one rerun of The Apprentice after another with a different host? I, well, sorry. Well, it's interesting I, that yeah. it related to you talking about Oprah on, on the Globe Awards last night, the song, you know... Deals, I think, directly with that. You know that there's now, I think, a uh, a marker in our century and in our culture, and um, that that's what this song was. Even though a, a friend of mine uh, had contacted me and said, you know, I, I've been listening to your song, The Arms Race, and it was just released on that album, Fast Folk. Remember that compilation record? It was like eighty nine yeah, or well ninety or something, now. and. Uh, and it was it, it, just real briefly, Fast Folk was a really interesting concept. They went in and they'd take a day or two and record a lot of acoustic artists. Like Cindy Lee and Carmag and all yeah. this people, right? Yeah. Frank. Oh, my Frank. Frank. Yeah, right. 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 And, and yeah. so I was brought in by, at the time, Richard Meyer, and so I produced the, the Fast Folk Los Angeles album. And so Peter, Victoria, Show of Hands, and, you know, maybe 15 We're other playing people. Tonight, What's that? Show of Hands are playing tonight. Yeah. Oh, okay. Great. So, of course they are, and uh, and so that uh, a, time, a time period. Um, it's unfortunate that I have to be asked to play the song that the subject matter should be completely gone. That I, my when I'd written the song, whatever twenty five years ago, thirty years ago, that my my prayer and hope that it would have been completely irrelevant to talk about the arms race. And now it's it's more uh, relevant in, of our time and, and seeing Oprah the other day. There was a sense of hope. This isn't to talk about uh, whether she should be running for office or not, but just the idea that there was someone um, being hopeful in the, in the in a moment of limelight uh, was was an extraordinary moment when uh, a lot of what we're seeing is is not right. <laughs> is not that. And uh, so I. I I wish I didn't have to sing the song. I wish it was completely irrelevant where it would feel archaic uh, to talk about the arms race in, the, in 2018 as if it would be, hey, I wrote, a, I wrote a song about the horse and buggy. I wish that the right. arms race was archaic as the horse and buggy, but unfortunately, it's headline news. It's, and and uh, I just want to say one other thing about the song. It's the only song that's been sampled by a rap group. I think I'm the first... Uh, the only song of yours. Yeah, only song of mine. I but I was going to say it's the only song, the only rap song that sampled a mandolin. 
Oh, really? So that mandolin riff is actually on the song uh, by Brand Nubians on their single, So Who Want to Be a Star? So they sample that riff, and it goes throughout the entire song. And, uh, <laughs> right. I, <can laughs> I get <see> that. that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, but I appreciate the question, because I think it does connect to, to the song and where we are culturally. Yeah, yeah, what did you think, Mark? I, you know, I was just thinking about it. Like, there's a new news today that... South Korea and North Korea are now talking and they're going to both send, you know, uh, the North Koreans are now going to send people to the Olympics. So it tells me that there's just all this political posturing going on and uh, we have the absolute wrong person to be doing political posturing, you know. Yeah, well, I, I was and, just going to add the the it's it's the it's the athletes have been talking all this time. They've been talking months and months on end they go visit each other but they don't talk. i heard an interview with one of the guys from north korea he's a uh, an athlete goes to south korea and they get together and talk they don't talk politics they talk about their families how much they mm -hmm. have in common then they go their separate ways athletes are, are are interested in uniting people musicians songwriters uh, people in the arts and sports they're interested in uniting this isn't uh you know the world olympics the whole point of it is to bring people together. And so I'm glad that this is happening. So, yeah. yeah. Well, but thinking about this as, as the answer to your question, like, what did, was there anything in particular that made you think one way or the other? Like, oh, does it, do you feel like this song reflects that? I mean, there is a sense of like when we're saying, will we be governed by professionals? You mean like John Foster Dulles and the people who created the CIA? And those were, I mean, the, 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 at the time when, the world was run when government was run by professionals. We did get into a lot of uh, a lot of mischief globally. Uh, all I'm saying is this. Yeah. Oh no, I'm just saying. Right, right. But I, I'm just saying I want to yeah. be able to wake up every day and know that whoever's there leading us has my back in some way, shape, or form. I felt that for the last eight years before this current administration, I felt they had my back. Now, I may not have agreed with everything and drones and things like that, whatever, but I, regardless, I still felt like my government had my back. I want to make sure that, you know, for everyone else's kids in the future, because I don't have kids, mm -hmm. but, but my nieces and nephews who I love dearly, they have their back. Yeah, but I'm just curious, what do you think of the end? I know I, I get what you want, but mm -hmm. what do you think the song said? I think the song said that, it's a perennial arms race, and it doesn't have to be about weapons. It could be about ideas. It could be about, you know, social media didn't even exist when Marvin wrote that song, right? Correct. That's Correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, social media is a weapon that's been used by one particular country over many other different countries. So there is an arms race, and there is, you know, a some kind of a thing where certain people are able to grasp on to an old idea and make it seem to the people of that country that it may not be so bad to return to an old idea. And that's not the reality of the world that we're living in. And I feel that that's what that song did for me. Because for me, the, the thing that was really potent in it it really starts off at the beginning. I love it. A man is nothing but a ship on dry land. He needs more than a mirage on the hot desert sand. But then 
it's all she brings the rain of uh, to a world on fire, woman in love. She thinks she thinks with her heart. She talks with her eyes. She waits for the dark, for the water to rise. She brings, you know, it's all about the feminine. They rise like the song seems to me so much about the rise of the feminine mm-hmm. and the, and and uh, as a voice of nature, and and I one of the things that I think was. I think it's the place where we're at in this cultural conversation and and talking about Oprah's uh, speech at the Golden Globes, that we uh, that there's a difference between the feminine and women like that. The feminine is a spirit that is available to all. And women are a, a gender who have maybe an inclination towards femininity, but they also are, like, all men are a mix of masculine and feminine, all women are a a mix of feminine and masculine, and it depends on what energies we choose to engage that determines, you know, what we're putting out into the world. Oh, I I make one other reading of that, though, based on your idea. Yeah. The fact that people find more safety with a mother than a father, with a, with a a female, you know, matriarchal, kind of a presence in the world than they do with a patriarchal, you know what I'm saying? It's the safety, the feeling of safety comes more from the feminine part of the world. And at the same time, what I think that's, I think not to disagree, but I think that that is, we're finding out that that is only a very uh, sanitized view of what we've been told is the feminine. That's the role that women have been given. That what we're finding out is that women are also pissed off and righteously angry and times up motherfucker about it. Like they're like we've had a lot of women on the show and talking about it. And it's really interesting to hear the not just the frustration with sexism as embodied by men, but frustration with fractured masculinity and feminine and femininity expressed in women who are are lashing out uh let's get right to the solution the solution is is what is happening there are tens of thousands of women Mm -hmm. that are signing up to run for political office (laughs) in 2018 (laughs) i mean that's never happened before so we've never had this many women that are they're going to overtake yeah basically state local and national elective offices throughout the country in 2018. And I would say 90% of them are Democrats or independents leaning towards well, and progressive. Let's, and, but, and this is what I would say is let's hope, this is, this is where, our, where our political differences may show up, is that, they're, that the women who are running for these offices are women who are inspired by the concepts of that feminine energy and not ones who are trying to out trump trump uh out masculine the you know the the rapists who they've been having well you can with. look at the, the look and, at what happened in virginia and look exactly. at no, look we, at happened what in 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 alabama it was yeah. the black women yeah. who brought doug jones to the senate look the bottom yeah. line is change is a coming yeah it is a coming and it's coming in a good way and it's coming for the right reasons and these are women that work or don't work and have to scrape by that are running for these offices. These yeah. are not women that have been have a big sugar daddy right. to get the you know. This is the what the middle class really aspires to be. And you could just look at the results in Virginia in that state house. 
you know, these are people that like had to like give up their jobs just to campaign for those offices. So like just again, bringing it back to the song, if we maybe repurpose your song, uh, Marvin, and that from a masculine standpoint, the arms race is about the gun show, right? But from a feminine standpoint, it's more about what well, we're talking about, that embracing. Like how, how many people can I throw my arms around? In my arms race, is like how big can my arms be to have this tent be huge? How many people can we fit at this table? How much can we welcome? Whatever you think about Oprah Winfrey, she is a matriarchal figure. That's who she, what she embodies. And so when we think about that, what, the new, what, like what a new arms race might be is, and if it was an arms race that was guided by f- the principles of femininity and nature leading the conversation, then we get a whole different idea of what that can be. And whether that is professionals or celebrities or some mix between, because basically that's what it's always been. Cool. Well, that, uh, I think. Did you get what you came for? Uh, did you get what you came <laughs> I did. for? I I'm got, here to serve you I, at this I got point. A, I got a little wet on the way, but I didn't mind it at all because I love Marvin and this is great. And Excellent, and thank you for uh, you've invited me to play. I get to open for Marvin tonight, so yeah, he's going to play. I'm pretty excited about that. I don't get this will be the first time I've played a show in probably about a year. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of a good Beatles lyric to send you off with. We can work it out. <laughs> Why don't we do it in the road because <laughs> well, it's pretty wet out. out there? Okay, we can work that out. <laughs> That's like a great boundary conversation. One of the. <laughs> Why don't we do it in the road? We can work it out. <laughs> think of what you're saying. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball on Feral Audio. If you'd like more information about the Pop Oracle, please check out our website at Radio8Ball.com, where you can find out about upcoming shows, about asking your own question on the podcast, and about our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed on Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. Until next time... I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio 8 Ball Show. You'll do it right to get your hands on tools you can count on, and at lower prices. Lowe's does it right, too, with savings during Craftsman Days. Hurry in and take advantage of great deals like a Craftsman 20-volt Max 4-Tool Combo Kit featuring a drill, impact driver, reciprocating saw, and task light for just $149. And pick up a 17-inch gas string trimmer for only $129. Whatever projects are on your list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 6.5 U.S. only.